when you have the smaller stressors or the smaller worries that come into your mind that you feel a little bit better about having a handle on, practice this strategy with those. Don't wait till it's this big, huge stressor or worry. Practice on the smaller things so that you feel you know what the process is like for you and save yourself. I'm the observer of my thoughts. I don't have to believe what this thought is telling me. Believing and really attaching to the fact that you don't have to believe your thoughts. You can just observe them and you can choose which ones you want to invest in. And reality testing yourself. What actually happened the last time that something like this was presented to me and I was worried or stressed about it? What actually happened? Massive welcome to the podcast, Shamelessly Human. I am so freaking excited that you are here. This podcast is for you, the human who is so sick of buying in to this story that you're not good enough, that there's a right way to be human, that somehow those quirks, those perks, those imperfections that make you you are something that you need to hide from the world. This podcast is here to teach you that you are already good enough, that those parts of you that you've been hiding, that you've been making wrong, they are what make you freaking awesome. And this is your time to shine and have those parts of you come to life in this world. In this podcast, you will learn tools and strategies to support you in being the awesome flavor of human that I know you can be. If you have been sitting on the sidelines of life, if you have been buying into this belief that everybody else comes first, or that in order to do anything, you have to be a certain way, look a certain way, act a certain way. You know, this is for you. This podcast is going to be your full permission to start rocking up as yourself. You know, as a clinical psychologist for almost 20 years, the struggle that I see from pretty much most of my clients is just this belief that their experience of life, their experience of being human is wrong. That there's something about them that they need to fix, delete or get rid of in order to have a life of happiness and to just be doing the things that they want to do. And it's just simply not true. If you are experiencing something, then guess what? Some other human on this planet is also experiencing the same thing. This podcast will bring you real, raw conversations from other humans so that you get to see that life is about being messy. It's about not getting it right. It's about feeling anxious, stuffing things up. It's about being weird, being quirky, being different. You know, how boring would this world be if we were all the freaking same? This podcast is about you. This podcast is for you. 
this podcast will teach you how to live your life shamelessly being human. So if you are ready and if you are willing to shake things up, then I am here to support you in your growth and your journey in being human. All right, everyone, let's go. So um, my name is Suzanne Orlando. I'm a licensed clinical social worker here in America in the state of New Jersey. And I've been in private practice for about 16 years. I love what I do. I work mainly with, I work with a lot of clients who struggle with anxiety, mostly teenagers all the way through adults. Um, and I just love my work. I just love sitting with people, working with people. And I got into therapy because of my therapist. I saw a therapist when I was 18 years old, just for some you know, depression and anxiety and, and things like that. And I never had been a person who was, I never was into school. I never was really invested in my education as a teenager um, because I didn't think I was smart enough. And when I first started going mm. to therapy, my therapist gave me so many tools that allowed me to change my position on what I was going through mm. and gave me strategies in order to work through what I was going through. Oftentimes throughout the course of my life, I would say she changed my life, but really I, she enabled me to change mine. So very early yes. on in my therapy, with, right. And very early on in my therapy with her, I said to myself, oh, I just want to be sitting where she is. And I just want to be able to support people the way that she has supported me. So that, that then and there kind of started my long journey towards um, where I am now. And I just think a unique piece of my story, and you'll appreciate this being, um, you know, a therapist yourself is I did stay in touch with my therapist. It's a very different story. Most people don't do that um, because of yeah. a lot of ethical reasons, but you know, it, when I faded away from therapy, we did remain in touch for um, several reasons with very appropriate boundaries. And she she knew what I was doing. She knew what I wanted to do. She followed me through my schooling and through my licensing procedure. And we would joke around and she'd say at some point, we sh we're going to work together at some point. And lo and behold, when she ventured out on her own, um, after my first private practice experience, when I went on maternity leave, she called me and said, you know what, I'm getting older and I really want to start taking on associates. Would you be the first associate in my practice? So 10 years later, oh, wow. we, have, we've, we, work, we work together every single day and it's just incredible. It's, it's an absolute incredible, very unique story that doesn't often happen, but um, it's really, really cool how that kind of I just got goosebumps listening to that because it's someone who's seen your journey like through in so many different stages, which rarely happens, right? Totally. Right. And as you know, like as in, in this field, right, we, we as therapists, oftentimes we we always have to keep discovering our own our own stuff that we go through. Right. And it's so important for mm -hmm. us to talk to someone or at least every now and then check in with somebody. And being the person that she is, she knows me probably better than anybody in this world. So it's, it is a very interesting um, connection that we have. I think that that's why when I found you on TikTok that I was so kind of intrigued because you're so willing to just be real and share what's there and put yourself in that a human experience with other people. 
Um, and mm-hmm. I don't think that we all do that. And it's so empowering for people to see that, you know, you're human too, even though you're the therapist, right? Absolutely. And, and you know, as, as you know, too, right, we, how often do you go, how often do you meet somebody in a social situation, right? Or you meet a friend when they find out what they do, what you do for a living. Sometimes joking around, people will be like, oh, my gosh, are you, are you analyzing me? Are you, and we're like, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm. I'm social right now. I turned off that switch in my head, you know? So I think you're right. I think people do sometimes have the perception of, of us not ever being able to turn that off and being the human beings that we are and struggling. We we're therapists and we have a lot of knowledge, but we also are human and we have struggles and we have things that are really hard for us in everyday life. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you talk a lot about anxiety. Is that one of the things that you work a lot with? Yes, I work a lot of a lot with anxiety. Um, And so so on 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 the online space. And again, it's, I think, a lot of people are clearly a lot of people are struggling with that. And I think more Mm -hmm. so in the last several years, based on a lot of situation, you know, the world situations that have happened that we had no control over and it's, it's, I think anxiety has morphed into so much more than it once was. And it's important. I think everybody, to some extent, everybody has anxiety. It's, it's nothing that is ever going to be cured, but it's of course, when it gets to that point where it's, it's consuming your, your every day, it's consuming your every Mm -hmm. thought. It's Mm -hmm. so important to be able to have those strategies and, yeah, a lot of people do come to my door having that to some extent. So I really, um, it really, I really love working with people and, and having, showing them and, and teaching them that just because you have this doesn't mean that it has to control you. You can learn strategies in a very specific way that can make you feel a little bit more in control. So even if it's, even if you feel this much better, it's a huge difference because anxiety God, it feels just like a monster that consumes you sometimes. And it's not, it's, it's really debilitating. So uh, uh, if I put you on the spot, just tell me to shut up because I'm pretty easygoing. But if you, but if someone's watching, because we use the word anxiety a lot. And I think sometimes what I do, especially is I become really complacent because I think what I know, everybody knows. And so if somebody's yes. watching this and they, they hear the word anxiety, like how would, how do you explain that to, to people coming to see you? Okay. So that's, that's great. Right. Because we do use these phrases all the time and somebody might be like, oh, I know what anxiety means, but I don't know what it means in to me, or I don't know what it feels like. So um, I, I usually describe it with, kind of like with physical, sometimes with physical symptoms or with thoughts. So using examples. So um, I guess, let me, let me think about how to put this the best way. (laughs) So I think something to the extent of if, let's just say I'm driving down the highway or the freeway or, um, you know, on, on a big major roadway and I'm in my car and I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm going the speed limit. And all of a sudden somebody is flying up behind me like going so fast and I'm I'm seeing them in the rearview mirror and I get a little bit my my heart starts beating a little bit I start thinking 800 things oh my gosh what if they smash into me what if I can't get over what if I so I get into the position where I think okay what do I need to do so I can either speed up I can move over I can let them pass me 
and let them be on their way so that I'm safe, right? So when we talk about anxiety, that initial response of I have to do something, that fight or flight response, I have to do something, mm. whether it's a thought that comes in your head or whether it's, it's something that's happening in the physical world, right? That immediate response that your body has or your, or, or your mind has to, to make a choice and to do something to get you safe. That's kind of like at the, that's kind of at the core of anxiety. We all have that, right? There's a, that's a mm. switch that goes off in our brain. So a person who struggles with more anxiety, a person who, who really feels anxious all the time. So if you, if you make that switch, you're on the highway, you switch lanes or you speed up and the person that passes you by and you're like, okay, good, that's over. And you just feel, you kind of feel calm and you might still think about it, but you kind of forget about it. That's like a healthy form of anxiety, right? That's, there was a situation that happened. I didn't know what to do. I made a choice. I got safe and now I'm okay. And now I can move on with my day. And I probably might not think about that again. Maybe I'll think about that the next time I'm on the highway and a car comes zooming down and I'll remember that and I'll remember how I was safe and I'll make that same choice. Somebody who struggles and has a difficult time and, and really is consumed by anxiety, using that example, might not be able to stop thinking about the situation, even if they got themselves mm. safe, or even if they're not, even if they're in the moment and they're panicking and they don't know what to do, their, their rational side of their brain might be saying to them, you can do, you can move over, you can speed up, you can, you can make all these choices, but they're in, the anxious part of their brain isn't going to allow that rational side of the brain to come forward and to make the choice, if mm. that makes sense. And then after the event happens, they still might be very consumed to the point where it's hard to concentrate on other things. It's hard to focus on other things. It's hard to have any other thoughts where they they still are consumed in that moment. Oh my gosh, what if that car did hit me? What if they did ram me? What if I got into another car accident? What if, what if, what if, what if, right? And that, if that makes sense, that's, yeah, that's how, that's a, what I can talk to about explaining anxiety in this moment is that I can make a decision being able to rationalize your way through something that your mind is telling you versus being so consumed with the thoughts that probably aren't true with the feelings that come with it, where we can't make an informed decision. We can't use that rational side of our brain to move through something. If that makes sense. Yeah. Totally does. Like what I hear is like one is like where the alarm comes on, but then it goes off. Whereas the other one, it's like, it's almost like you're st like you're stuck yeah. in that response. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where it gets, that's where I think people struggle a lot, where mm -hmm. they feel like it has to be this way. I just can't turn it off. I can't turn off yeah. that alarm in my brain. I can't turn off those feelings or those thoughts or how this makes me feel overwhelmed and I can't think about anything else. And it, it when you're in it, it really doesn't feel like you can turn it off. So that's why being able to allow yourself the opportunity to learn how to move through that working with somebody, you know, who knows how to help you move through that. I think it's so important. Um, it's so important because I think most people can find ways, find strategies to learn how to move through it, even if it feels this much better in the beginning as we, as we move through that process, that's better than it not feeling better at all. Yeah. I think I really liked what you said in there too about that it, it, it's there. Like anxiety is not going to go anywhere. It's part of how we're wired. 
And it's just yes. kind of learning, I guess, how to navigate when it shows up, right? Is that? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and, and you've, you've seen it, I'm sure we all have, um, we have so much exposure, which is incredible to so many tools on, on, on the internet, on social media. And, mm. and sometimes I'll be looking around just to, just to see what's out there and do some research. And sometimes I do see things that say, you know, get rid of your anxiety or cure your anxiety. And it's, it's so false because if I always say to people, if you see that, like run very fast in the other direction, because <laughs> anxiety is healthy to some extent as we're talking, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's that, that fight or flight response that was so important millions of years ago, right? When, when, when people needed to rely on that to be able to survive. And now what's happened is it's, it, it, with everything that we, we are as, as modern day people, there's a lot of things that happen in our brains and the, the emotions and the thoughts of fight or flight sometimes aren't accurate to the situation, but we attach mm -hmm. to those because it feels better. Right. And, and that's where, that's where the anxiety gets bigger. Um, so learning the difference between those things um, and being able to move through it, I think is so key and important. I know this is like a really broad question, but are there certain, <laughs> I know, um, like, are there like little tips or things that you can kind of suggest to people watching who they might be at? Cause you said like little bits, like what is the little bit that they could maybe start doing now for themselves to support themselves? That's a great question. And, and one that I love to answer because again, it's the little things that we do that make the biggest difference with everything. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I like to, I like to say about anxiety too, is, is our anxiety, the thoughts that we have connected to our worries or our stress. If you think about moments in your life where you've had stress or worries and you've had the thoughts about what's going to happen if and most of the time the thoughts what's going to happen if it's not like it's not always it's not positive it's usually what's going to happen yes. what's the tragedy what's the what's the really terrible outcome that's going to happen with this and i depending on people's circumstances i probably venture to guess that a large percentage of those what if thoughts that you're thinking probably have never happened that's your anxiety speaking so when you have those thoughts you have a choice. I can choose to believe the thoughts that I'm thinking, or I can observe those thoughts and then choose which ones I want to give attention to or which ones I want to ignore. Um, I like to, I always like analogies. So when people are looking, when people are like streaming stuff on to watch, like whether mm. it's a, a Netflix or a, what, whatever streaming services people use, right? Sometimes when you don't know what to watch, you click on the preview and you let the, like it preview something for like a minute and then you decide if you want to watch it or not. And if you don't want to watch it, you go through. Most of us aren't just going to watch something for the sake of watch something, watching something. So if you think about your anxious thoughts in that same way, you're worried and stressed out and anxious mm. thoughts, Think of them like scrolling to find something you want to actually consume on a streaming service. I'm not going to just give myself anything. I'm going to find something that I really am interested in and I'm really invested in. So that's one strategy. That, But again, these things take practice. These things take, it takes time to be able to do this. So one of the pieces of um, 
one of the suggestions I often give with this, with anything that we're trying new is try when you have the smaller stressors or the smaller worries that come into your mind that you feel a little bit better about having a handle on, practice this strategy with those. Don't wait till it's this big, huge stressor or worry. Practice on the smaller things so that you feel you know what the process is like for you and save yourself. I'm the observer of my thoughts. I don't have to believe what this thought is telling me. And what happened the last time I had a thought like this and I thought this was going to happen, the, the floor was going to open up and I was going to fall in or whatever was the huge tragedy that you anticipated, what actually happened when you were faced with that thing that you were so stressed mm -hmm. or worried about? Mm -hmm. It might have been uncomfortable or it might have been not your favorite thing to do, but did it turn out the way that you anticipated before it started? So believing and really attaching to the fact that you don't have to believe your thoughts. You can just observe them and you can choose which ones you want to invest in and reality testing yourself. What actually happened the last time that something like this was presented to me and I was worried or stressed about it, what actually happened and to, to take it a, like one step further when I'm a big believer too, and I, and I really feel that this helps to validate our experience and it helps to validate putting these strategies in play for us is if you're open to writing down what I'm, what I'm talking about. So if I'm having a lot of different stressful, anxious or worried thoughts, maybe I write all of those down on a piece of paper and I look at them and I say, which, which thoughts deserve my attention and which ones now that I'm looking at them, might not be worthwhile to, to stew on right now. And maybe do that as a quick exercise. And then also going back to the reality testing, what actually happened the last time I was in this position and writing down the factual evidence of what actually happened. And this is, this is as, as therapists, right? We're in the, we often talk to clients about feelings and about emotions. These are the moments where when I'm working with a client, I say, we're not going to talk about feelings or emotions right now. When we're focusing on what we know to be true, we're, we're just focusing on the facts. I don't want you to think with your feelings. I want you to think about what actually happened. What, what are the, what's the evidence? What's, what are the facts that can prove that this actually happened to you? And kind of veering away from the emotion and kind of attaching to the factual evidence and then writing that down because that's your living history right there. If you're enjoying these conversations, we would love to have you in our Facebook group community, Shamelessly Human. This is a space where we all come together to laugh, to grow, and to really just embrace the messiness of life together. So come and hang out, Shamelessly Human, the Facebook group, and remember, when you jump on in, please be sure to introduce yourself so that we get to see you as well. I really like that idea of, of when you're actually doing the thought work, separating from your feeling. Haven't thought about it that way before, but I guess because we attach meanings to our feelings. And so if we're sitting yes. in that feeling, that meaning is going to show up, right? Whereas yeah. if we're like, cool, we're going to park that feeling for a minute and just focus over here, mm -hmm. it kind of shifts the focus. That's bro, I love that. Absolutely. Yeah, and and all of these all of these these suggestions and strategies, 
one of the underlying things that they do. So when we're in, when we have that anxious brain and that anxious mindset, it's going, it's a pattern. It's a habit that we've developed unintentionally, but it's a habit. So even taking a moment to choose which thoughts am I going to attend to or what do I know to be true? You're disrupting your anxious mindset just by having those thoughts, just by thinking about that, just by writing things down and, and, Part of also the, the, the cycle, breaking the cycle of the, this anxiety is how do I disrupt my patterns that I've developed? And that's also a way to disrupt your pattern. Mm. What about with the body then? Like if we, because I know for me, I used to have anxiety and, and panic attacks as well. And the feel, like sometimes mm -hmm. I wasn't aware of my thoughts, but the feelings were so overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Like what are your, yeah, so yeah what, what are your thoughts around, yeah. Some tips so around that's the a body. Question. Yeah, that's mm. a great question because sometimes, sometimes the our body gives us signs before the thoughts, or sometimes it happens in reverse. So I think not waiting until you're in a panic state with your body, <laughs> maybe thinking back to the last time you were right. Where does where does my anxiety or stress or worry show up in my body? Does my heart start to beat really fast? Do my hands get sweaty? Do, does my head start to hurt? Um, what, what does that look like for me? And taking a minute to write all of that down and to review that and look at that. And okay, the last time my heart started to beat and I was, I was really anxious, what actually happened? I probably didn't have a heart attack. I probably didn't end up in the emergency room. What did I do? How did I get through it? And just being really clear with yourself about that, right? So. And again, it's a practice. So writing it down when you're not in that position and really reflecting on it and what actually happened when you're not in that position so that when you do get into that position, okay, my heart's starting to beat really fast. My palms are getting sweaty. Okay, this, this, this is probably, I'm probably feeling anxious and overwhelmed. I'm probably going to start to feel it. Okay, so I know that this is not anything. This is not a medical issue. This is just something I'm experiencing due to the stress and anxiety and worry. So again, it's that, what am I telling myself connected to my physical symptoms, but really practicing that and giving yourself space to process that before you're in that situation is so important. Mm -hmm. And again, the caveat of this takes practice and this takes time to be able to do this. Mm. And two key words I think there's like the practice, but also when we do the work, because I know for me, especially what I used to do and what I see sometimes my clients do is they're like, I'm fine. Now I'm anxious. And they're trying to throw the strategy in the moment of anxiety yes. versus having practice. Yes. Yeah. And then, and then what often happens is they, they'll say to you, it doesn't work. Yeah. It's not working for me, the strategy, because you're not, because, because to your point, you're, you're, you're expecting yourself to do this flawlessly in the moment that you're completely unglued. So that's not a realistic expectation. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a really important one. Mm -hmm. So a question that I like to ask everybody when they come on is um, if you think about like the concept of being shamelessly human, you know, what does that mean to you when I say shamelessly human? Oh, that's a great one. And I love that. I love that. I love that this is the name of the group. I, I just love that phrase. Um, I think acceptance, it's, it, that's what the mm. first word is that comes to my head. Um, and acceptance for all that you are. Because we're not perfect beings. And we're, we're always going to have things that 
we feel can be better or things that are, you know, I hate to use the word, but flaws or things that we think aren't perfect. Um, those are the kinds of things that I think about because if we're able to embrace all of who we are for all of our awesome qualities and all of the things that we want to improve or all the things that might be quirky or strange or, or, um, others might see as, as not okay. I think embracing who we are, all of it, and, in, and being able to do the same for others and also catching mm. ourselves. I think when we, when we're in that space of judgment towards ourselves and our, in that space of judgment towards others and just questioning that, getting really clear about why, why are we doing that? What's, what's that about for us? I think we're all, we all judge to some extent part of being human, but I think getting really clear about why I'm so focused on this or why I can't get past this. Mm. But acceptance, that's, that's the, the word I hear. It's a big one. If there was, and I know there's not always, but in terms of like um, just so, a gold nugget or something that if somebody's watching right now and they're like, I'm anxious or I'm overwhelmed, like I'm just not coping with this human experience, right? What, what would you want them to hear or know? What I would want them to know, well, I think, I think the way in which you word things, right? So if somebody's here and they're like, I'm anxious and, and, or they're using, they're really identifying that that's who they are, even switching a word. So we talk a lot about mindset and that's something I think over the last couple of years, we're all pretty familiar with that. And the fact that the way that we speak to ourselves and what we tell ourselves we start, we really believe that. So I would say switching it of if, if I'm, I'm anxious, I'm anxious, I'm anxious. I, I feel anxious most of the time, or um, I have, I have a habit of feeling anxious. So separating, giving a word in between that, if that makes sense, right? So instead of over identifying with the word anxious, you might, you might, you might be an anxious person. You might have a habit of, of having anxious thoughts. You might feel anxious, but putting a word in between the I'm and the anxious, because I'm anxious, that's your identity, mm. if that makes sense. So that's a, first, that's a first step. We want to separate ourselves from that as much as we can, um, if that, as, a, as a good first step. That's brilliant. Yeah, I love that because I think so often we identify so much with, I call them like labeled words, like the absolutes, right? Like I am anxious or I am stupid, I am fat. Like yeah. it does, yeah. it becomes who we are. And I love just that inserting of of one word in the language can make all the difference, right? It's a separation piece. Yeah, even, even, even going back to what you said when you use the example of clients who wait till they're feeling so consumed and they want to practice this new strategy and then they feel like they failed. Oh, I'm never going to be, I failed. And even that I, the, the, I can't do this or I can't do that. I haven't learned how to do that yet. I don't know what works for me yet. So that sounds so different than I can't do it or I'll never be able to do it. You're giving yourself that possibility and that hope. The, the really the words that we use for ourselves, we start to believe and they really start to, it starts to manifest in other ways. Absolutely. Do you do a lot of mindset work in with clients? Sorry, I just get excited I when you're do. talking about different things. <laughs> <laughs> I do because, you know, I think that if we we could give all the strategies in the world, but if we if we as people, if clients that we work with 
aren't changing the script in their brain and talking to themselves differently, it's, it's not going to work as effectively and it might not stick. So if I learn how to, if I'm in the habit of constantly talking down to myself or beating myself up, I have to change that habit for other things to kind of follow along with that. And that's where the mindset work comes in. Um, and it feels, it might feel silly and ridiculous in the beginning. Oh my gosh, a word's really going to change everything. Yeah. <laughs> it, it ends up, yeah, it does end up doing that. If you think about how you speak to your children or your spouse or your friends or your, you know, whoever, the way in which you talk to people, right? If I, if I'm talking kindly to people, people are probably going to be more likely to stick around or to treat me kindly. If I'm talking negatively to people, they might not stick around. So why don't we do the same for ourselves? Mm. When you were talking then what come up in my mind, cause I talk a lot about like, um, abandoning yourself in the moment that you need yourself the most and that just resonated what you said because I guess when we need ourselves the most is the time when we're most critical right Mm -hmm. which is why we're probably hiding because it's just so painful absolutely yeah that's and because that's when that's what happens then all of our thoughts our thoughts are spinning if we're if we have those thought habits where we're not good enough. We're never going to be able to do it. It keeps spinning. And we attach to those thoughts. We agree with those thoughts. And whatever it is that we're imagining happening or that we think is going to happen or that's going to go wrong probably has a better chance of it because of the way that we're processing and thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that you would kind of like to share with with the group while we're, while we're talking? Is there anything kind of burning or <laughs> sitting in there? Yeah, I, I, I think that kind of going off of what we were just talking about with mindset that, you know, your, 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 your thoughts almost become your reality. So how am I being more aware? And, and if awareness is something, if you become more aware of what you're thinking or what you're feeling or what you're doing or what, you know, when you feel overwhelmed or stressed or anxious or worried, as we're talking about today, if you just have an awareness of it when it's happening and you didn't have that awareness prior to hearing this dialogue or prior to yesterday, I think starting there with awareness Mm. is a key is key, right? Um, Oftentimes when I'm working with clients and they're trying all of these things and they're, and they're like, well, I, I, things don't feel differently, but I, but I'm thinking about it differently, or I'm aware of it, or I know, I know what I'm supposed to do, or I know what that thought might mean, or I know I shouldn't, I haven't gotten, I can't put it in place yet, but I'm aware of it. That's a huge first step too. So I think giving yourself the opportunity to be aware of what's happening Mm -hmm. and question what's happening, get really curious and clear with all of the things that you feel consumed by take a step back, write it down. What is, you know, how, if that makes sense, get really clear and just look at things from a place of awareness. Mm-hmm. I like those three words that you keep using. Like there's this, like there's curiosity and awareness. And there was another one and it's gone from my brain, but I'm sure it'll come back. Right. It, it's, it's not making anything wrong. Right. Do you know, like it's like right. a, you're showing up and you're, 
-hmm. you're noticing what's going on and you're seeing it Mm -hmm. for what it is rather than what your mind's Mm -hmm. telling you, which gives you then power to change something, right? Absolutely. It's that, it's that, it's that Mm. concept of stepping away, you know, if you envision yourself like physically stepping away yeah. and looking at it from a TV, like as if you're watching something on TV or you're watching something through a screen and observing all the moving parts of it and then saying, okay, what do I have here? What's in front of me? Um, and getting curious and clear and really looking at it through that perspective and that lens. And even if you just identify what's happening and you write it all down and that's, that's the extent to what you do initially, that's different than what you normally did, right? And going back to what we were talking about earlier, that's also giving myself an opportunity to disrupt my normal thought pattern. Because if I'm stepping away now and I'm observing it, I'm not in the throes of all that's going on up here, at least for a moment, because I'm giving myself an opportunity to approach it differently. And it's all about, we wanna disrupt that pattern as much as we can. Thank you so much for talking with me. I've really enjoyed it. Of course, <laughs> I, I did got too. up early this for it too. Yes. Yeah. So, and um, if people are like watching, they're like, "Oh, I, I like, I want to." They want to stalk you basically in a beautiful way. <laughs> How can they find you on social media? That's a great question, and I love stalkers. So, well, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Woo, win win. <laughs> Not in that way. <laughs> so, um, the best way is probably Instagram. So, it's at anxiety underscore alchemist. That's my Instagram. That's actually my handle. Um, aside from Facebook, it's my TikTok, it's my Instagram. So, that's an easy way to find me. Beautiful. Absolutely. Well, well, it's our evening, but it's your morning. So I hope you have a beautiful day. (laughs) And I hope you have a wonderful night and get a restful sleep. Beautiful. And I'll come and watch you on TikTok. (laughs) Sounds good. Same here. Bye.